Yo, what is up, everybody? It is Hater Radio, uh, a media brand dedicated to college football. Uh, my name is Chris McLean. I am without Ian Gibson again. Um, the Threshers actually won uh, a playoff game. I don't know what is going on. I don't know how minor league baseball works, uh, but they're, they had a game tonight because they won yesterday. And um, that uh, I think the season is done in the next couple of days. So he'll be with us pretty much every Wednesday going forward. And then I I didn't realize, because I'm still new to the software, but uh, we'll make it so that we probably record the shows earlier on Sundays because he has commitments on Sunday night. So hopefully we can get the show done on Sunday and then air it. It'll air live um, so that people can catch it that way because it seems to be getting a lot of people airing it uh, live so uh, people watch it that way um, it obviously is getting a lot of views on YouTube which I appreciate um, you know the advertising through uh, Google and YouTube has worked tremendously and I'm definitely going to continue doing that throughout the year um, you know subscribers are up uh, followers are up on all the platforms so we're doing really well there and articles have done really well the article we had on uh, Friday for uh, talking about the uh, Florida and uh, Billy Napier's tenure uh, and where it was going uh, worked really well. You know, I advertised for that one. So I'm really happy with how things are going. Um, it's, you know, I'm spending money on it, but it's it seems to be working because it's almost one doubling uh, the article views, uh, at least a minimum doubling them, maybe even triple some of them. And then also with the views on YouTube is going through the roof. So I'm really happy about that. But what we do here, you know, I was talking with a, uh, a Georgia fan just a second ago. Look, man, I may talk shit, but I try to back it up with my knowledge base and, uh, you know, Ian's knowledge base as well. We try to be as um, objective with our views and our analysis as much as possible with uh, what we do. You know, I know obviously I'm a fan of Florida. I am a fan of USF. I graduated from USF. My dad went to Florida. You know, I had a bunch of family that went to Florida, you know, and I'm now covering USC and UCLA, but it's, you know, and because I live out in LA, but you know, it's, it's essentially what I'm trying to do is be as objective as possible with acknowledging the bias that is inherent instead of most people, most media people try to be, um, you know, shy away from their allegiances and don't make it be known with why some things they say are the way they are. I try to be as objective as possible. And I know some of my biases come in the way, but at least it putting it at the forefront instead of, you know, not acknowledging and not saying that is it is part of what of the, you know, decision-making or why I say things that I, that I say. Uh, regardless, Let's talk about this week. Uh, well, actually, real quick, I just wanted to mention before anything, I am wearing my uh, city, Sunshine City uh, shirt for St. Pete that I got when I was there in June. You know, I'm from St. Pete, and I have to acknowledge about the stadium. It's a huge day. I wrote a huge 40-page paper in law school about the, the stadium fight. And, um, you know, just tremendous day for the city, for Pinellas County, for the Tampa Bay area. Um, I'm glad that the team will be there for another generation. We'll start to see more people that 
uh, are living in St. Pete and the Tampa Bay area be more um, supportive of the team. It'll build that loyal fan base to where, you know, you'll start to see more sellouts, not per se, but maybe even just even getting like 20,000, 22,000 a night. If they average that, you know, I don't even, you know, I've seen so much things on Twitter recently where it's, it's almost to the point where it doesn't even necessarily matter with attendance. It almost matters more with the TV uh, uh, sponsorships and advertising and uh, the TV deals that they have that more money comes in that way than in necessarily from ticketing. So yes, it is a problem, but at the same time, they're still making money in other avenues. And with what happened, you know, uh, the Rays had the, you know, especially Steve Sternberg, the owners had 50% of the redevelopment rights. So that was a main reason why they stayed in St. Peter. It was the main reason. There was no other reason. Like they were not moving anywhere. You know, one, the media market is the largest as it was, you know, being the 12th, around the 12th largest media market in the country. They're not leaving that market. And then two, you know, there was so much money in the redevelopment of that trop site, 86 acres, that uh, they would cash in on 50% of so that there was a, there was no reason they were going to ever leave. If they left and built the stadium somewhere else, they were not going to get part of that uh, redevelopment right. So large reason why they stayed, large reason why uh, the city has a team. And you can owe that to the, you know, the city council members in the 80s that built the, the TROP. You know, they put that in the contract and it largely is the reason why we will have the team for the next generation. And it could end up being, being the reason that the Rays stay forever at this point. I mean, you know, once they get into two generations uh, being in a site, there's there's honestly no reason why they won't be uh, a major part of the area for years, you know, centuries if it, if it exists. All right, so moving on to college football. Uh, week four, huge games, a lot of huge games. I mean, this is, you know, they've been talking about it for two weeks how big of a, a week this is going to be because they really ignored last week because of, uh, you know, there was very few games that were standouts. So there were some that did the Colorado, Colorado state game obviously was a standout game. And I enjoyed that game. Colorado state was obviously the better team, but Colorado pulled it off here. But with that being said, let's start off with the biggest game of the four teams that we cover. We're going to cover the UCLA Utah game. Uh, you know, Dante Moore has just been lights out. I mean, for a freshman, 18 years old, coming in to take the helm of basically the first game and just not look back. I mean, he he throws dimes all over the place. Um, he's got a great command of the offense, just a phenomenal athlete, a great passer. He is living up to the billing and maybe even more. I mean, as a freshman, this is this kid has – the potential to basically be Caleb Williams at this point. And, um, you know, it's early, obviously, but I can see that because he, I think he is probably done better than Caleb Williams did his freshman year. I haven't looked at the stats specifically, but, you know, the comparison is there. There are similar sized guys, similar sized arms, obviously teams in the same city. So you can naturally make that comparison, but, you know, just the fact that they play, uh, so smoothly as quarterbacks. And um, I think Caleb may be more elusive. Um, that's maybe some of his artistry with the similarities to like Patrick Mahomes. But 
definitely Dante is becoming someone that is very effective. Uh, his accuracy is very high and, you know, just making all kinds of plays. This game is huge for them because, you know, Utah is definitely a potential Pac-12 champion this year. They've, they're the repeat champions the last two years. So this is definitely a daunting task for UCLA, especially going to Salt Lake City. This is not going to be easy. You know, UCLA has stayed in California the last four weeks and um, not having not having to leave essentially the area too much. You know, they went down to San Diego two weeks ago and, uh, you know, this chance for them to really let the nation know that their defense is for real, um, you know, Dante Moore is for real, you know, Carson Steele. I mean, this is a kid no one's talking about uh, as far as uh, a stud running back. I know Cole Kublik um, talked about it today because I tweeted out to him talking about the run game and it's, it is an, a, a great run game. I'm not going to lie. This UCLA offense is a machine right now. And um, the defense is not that far off either. You know, the defensive coordinator, Lynn, has done a tremendous job. You know, very young guy, but came in and has really changed the, like, outlook of how this defense is going. It is almost night and day from what they were last year. If they can continue this progress into a game like Utah and hold them, uh, in check, that'll be uh, immense. Um, as far as Utah, you know, I saw them uh, three weeks ago when I was there for the Florida-Utah game. You know, they didn't wow me as far as offensively. You know, they made enough plays to win that game, um, largely to do with Florida's mistakes more so than Utah um, countering anything. I think the one strong suit that Utah had in that game that can help them going forward this season and into this game as well is their defense is strong. Um, there were a few guys that were out that game. Most of those guys, I believe, are back now. And, you know, the defense is the strong to this team. Also, caveat, it seems like the possibility of Cam Rising playing this game is extremely high. There's not been a definitive answer yet. I know that uh, the coach, Woodingham, has been back and forth and like kind of disguising if he's going to play and not really in saying one way or the other. I don't know what he's going to go with. As of right now, it seems like um, they are not going to go with Cam uh, just because of, uh, you know, it seems like it seems like Cam is still nursing that knee and trying to come back from that full 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 strength. And you don't want to put him out there and then something bad happens. But this is a huge game, and they want to win the Pac-12. This would be a huge win in that step forward towards getting towards the Pac-12 championship game. And um, if they lose this game, it would put them in a remarkable uh, – uh, you know, it would prevent them – it would be a – huge hindrance towards getting that goal. So if he's going to play, we'll probably come to game time and we may not know. I think he's, I think he's going to play. I think they're playing games right now, but I really think Cam Ryan's is, is going to play. And if he plays, they should have a chance in this game, but I just really like UCLA. I mean, I've been a fan all year. Obviously I've been following this team the last couple of years uh, since moving here. 
And, uh, you know, Chip Kelly has done a tremendous job with UCLA. I really like UCLA in this game. Uh, I'm going to go with UCLA winning, like, I'd say probably 41 to, like, uh, probably 27. It'll, you know, I think UCLA may score a late one to really uh, push push the score there. But regardless, I think UCLA has control of the game throughout most of the game. Um, Ian has it at 35-24, so he's not that far off. I just think that um, UCLA is the better team in this case. Okay, moving on. Charlotte, Florida. Um, this is going to be relatively easy one for Florida. There's a lot of guys out for Florida offensive line-wise uh, because of those uh, suspensions in the uh, Tennessee game where um, uh, there was the, the, that brawl or – just a little scuffles near the end uh, of that game. But uh, some of those guys are only sitting the first half. Also, Kingsley Egukon is out the whole game, uh, probably resting up for the Kentucky game, which is smart. You know, you don't want to push him right now because he's still recovering from his injury. Um, so they they may not be able to run the ball as effective um, in that first half. Um, so you may see them try to throw the ball a lot. Uh, Eugene Wilson is not going to play. Trey is out, and he may be out for at least the Kentucky game um, into maybe other games. We'll see. I don't know. As of right now, he got a, a, a the X-rays were negative for his uh, collarbone, so he is just, I guess, resting until he can come back to full health. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, you know, I think in this game. They should pass the ball more just in general, just to like um, get some things going for receivers and timing, um, especially with Ricky and probably like uh, Douglas and um, uh, also Jackson. If those guys can get in the game a little more involved, you know, that would be nice. And it looks like uh, Boardingham is now the, this on one of the starting tight ends as well. So, Maybe he gets more involved in the passing game. It'd be interesting to see with him. He's pretty athletic. Um, he did have a catch in that game against Tennessee, so we'll see. I'm going to go with, like, Florida probably wins, like, 44 to, like, I'm guessing, like, 14, something like that. And Ian's got it uh, 38 to 7. Okay, so next one is the USF game. USF writes, I don't know how good this Rice team is because – they had a decent win, uh, I think, last week against Houston. And then they also were not terrible against um, Texas. I mean, Texas ended up pulling away. But, you know, Rice didn't look bad. Um, they just were obviously, you know, outmatched talent-wise because, you know, Texas has got talent all over the team. Um, you know, JT Daniels is still there, you know, 10 years later, but, uh, you know, he's commanding the offense and he's not, you know, for rice, his level of quarterback play is something that they haven't seen. And I don't even remember when I've never, I've never seen rice actually be competitive in my entire history of watching college football. So I'm going to say USF has a good chance here, especially coming off a game where they, uh, were so strong against, uh, Alabama. I say, uh, Byron Brown has a really good game. I say Naquan Wright has a good game. Um, maybe Sean Atkins comes through with a bunch of big catches. 
I think the defense continues to progress. Um, you know, you know, the USF played a, a very uh, proficient offense in Western Kentucky and a proficient offense in FAMU, and then can, played one of the most talented teams in the country in Alabama in the first three games. So now they get a chance to actually like play against some teams that are not as good to help out with some of those stats wise, uh, you know, cause it really is skewed one way that they're playing really good offenses there. I mean, I know Alabama's offense is kind of whatever, but at least they have a lot of talent on their team, regardless of how good the offense is. So it's been kind of tough for the defense to put up like say stats that are in like 70th rank or 60th rank in the nation, which I think they have the potential to do because they've, they've looked really good considering the, the opposition they've gone up against. Um, I like USF in this game. I'm going to say USF wins probably like, uh, I'm going to say like 31 to like 24 in a somewhat close game, but USF gets the win. It's in Tampa. Uh, let's go everybody. Let's see if we can get that win, especially that'll be the, the first FBS win. in like, I don't know how long. And people have been holding over that or, or over our heads for years and I'm tired of it. Let's get this FBS win, please. Uh, no, Ian has USF winning. Well, actually, I can't tell because um, he mixed up the – oh, no, he does have USF. He has USF winning 27-22, so we both have USF there as well. So, nice. Uh, last one of the teams we covered before we get in the rest, uh, USC, Arizona State. Um, Jaden Rashada is not playing in this game. So I don't really like Arizona State's chances of even doing like anything remarkable at all. I think USC is going to dominate this game. I think USC is going to score probably at least 49 points, maybe even 56 points. And I don't see much at all for Arizona State. This is going to be a blowout. I think USC wins like, let me say like 56 to like 10. It's going to be bad. It's going to be ugly. I mean, USC is that good. I, you know, as of right now, this schedule for USC has not done them any favors as far as the notoriety behind the team. So they're kind of like sleepwalking through the schedule right now. And I've talked about that, how they've been able, they've been fortunate because they've played these bad teams that they've been able to play younger guys and get more playing time. So that one, you know, next week when they play Colorado and, after that, when they play Notre Dame and they play UCLA and they play Utah and they play Washington, they'll be ready. And it's kind of been a almost like a preseason for them, like the NFL preseason, to be able to work these games to get everyone ready. And I think that's honestly going to work in their favor. And you could see them really taking off uh, when they play that Colorado team next week. And I honestly think that they're going to smoke Colorado um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm going to have USC winning this one. Like I said, 56 to 10, Ian's got it 41, 20 USC. So we'll see. All right. Moving on to the rest of the games. There's still a ton of good games. I'm excited for y'all because this is a very good week of college football. So please enjoy this. Okay. So let's get into it. Okay. I got first one Rutgers, Michigan. Um, I put it on there because, uh, Chiano has been there a couple of years now back in uh, uh, New Jersey with Rutgers. And I think he might be able to make some headway. Um, but uh, this team is a lot better 
than most of the other Big Ten teams, that being Michigan. So I'm going to say Michigan ends up winning, I'm going to say probably uh, 45 to like 17. I don't really like Rutgers as far as, you know, a, a, a very like mag, like a magnanimous, I'm not saying magnanimous, yeah, magnanimous offense. They're not very like potent, but they'll be able to move the ball enough. They just won't be able to score a ton. And uh, Michigan will probably be a get right game because they really haven't really uh, shown a ton in some of these games. The first three games were like Bowling Green and some other terrible teams. So they really haven't had to play anybody yet. I mean, this is their first Big Ten game, so we'll see how they actually play. But again, I'm not the biggest fan of the Big Ten anyways. I've always talked about how bad their competition is, you know, with Rutgers, Maryland, uh, you know, uh, Northwestern, Illinois, uh, Indiana. There's a lot of terrible teams in the Big Ten that really conflate these records for all these higher level teams, you know, like Penn state and Ohio state and Michigan that just beat up on these terrible teams. So it looks like they're amazing teams because they have these great records, but they, they, you know, really are just eating on uh, uh, tomato cans. Like I always say, but you know, I will say Ohio state does have talent on par with, the better teams in college football like Alabama, Georgia, and Clemson, and uh, USC. I definitely think that. I'm not denying that. I just think they don't get to the level of play per se, and so that may hurt them in the long run because they don't play tougher teams. Yes, Michigan has beaten Ohio State as well, but you know Michigan has also looked somewhat terrible in these playoff games the last two years. You know, definitely that Georgia game two years ago and last year against TCU. I mean, they were fortunate to be in that game at the end, but realistically, TCU was taking it to them. And I think Michigan was lucky to be in that game. And, uh, and which is, you know, even more so because then TCU got smoked by Georgia the week later. So it shows how far Michigan still has to come. I know it's, it's, it's very, Tough to say that because then you're like thinking, okay, well, Ohio State um, lost to them. But it's like, I don't know what it is. Maybe just Michigan has their number right now. Uh, it's only been two two years in a row. I'd like to see what happens this year. I think, I think Ohio State is probably refocusing on that game more so than any other game. And I think they could probably take it this year um, if, if given the chance. But a lot to season, a lot of season to be played going forward. So we'll have to see what 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 plays out. Okay, uh, Ian has it as 28-10 Michigan. I don't think it's going to be that close. Um, but uh, okay, the noon big game for the day is uh, the FSU Clemson game. It's in Death Valley. Uh, you know, I I've been you know saying all off season and into into the season that, you know, Florida state would lose at least one game. And I thought maybe even two games in September. And specifically I was noting the LSU game and the Clemson game. They almost lost the BC, which would have been a surprise for everyone, but they didn't. They held on by the skin of their teeth. Uh, Clemson on the other hand struggled 
and lost against uh, Duke in the first game of the year. So Clemson looks like they've rebounded a little bit. They've uh, played better defense, and the offense seems to be uh, more cohesive, more uh, more of a threat to score more points. They really struggled uh, to convert those red zone opportunities in that game against Duke, and you know fumbles that led to um, you know Duke possessions that you know should have been technically Clemson touchdowns, so or at least field goals. And they, I think they had a field goal blocked as well. So, you know, Clemson should have been in that game against Duke, much like LSU, you know, shot themselves in the foot uh, against Florida State as well. And, you know, I really believe LSU should have been up in that game, uh, you know, probably should have been up 31-17 going into half against Florida State. And it would have been a completely different game if that was the case. But, uh, you know, Florida State ends up winning that game, barely beating BC, and here we are. I think their defense is suspect, to say the least. They're ranked in the hundreds in some categories, not looking good, especially when you're coming up against a team like Clemson, who's defensively strong and can hold uh, Jordan Travis and the rest of the Seminoles in check, which I think is possible. I'm going to say that Florida State probably only scores like 20 points, maybe 22 points in this game. And I'm going to say Clemson scores like, 2830. So I'm going to go with like 30 to 22. That's my final score. Ian has it as FSU winning 28 21. So we're very similar scores. It's obviously going to be a tight game, um, but I feel like Clemson's going to win this. So that's our differing opinion there. Okay. Um, Oklahoma, Cincinnati. Interesting game. I like Cincinnati as far as, you know, uh, being a new member of the Big 12 and probably being really pumped for this because this is a huge moment for them. But it's a big letdown because of last week losing to Ohio. I mean, just – I don't know. I, I think – actually, I think it was Miami of Ohio. I'm not exactly sure. I know they lost last week. I can't remember who. But regardless, they lost last week, and so it's a huge letdown coming into this game. I really think Oklahoma is going to probably smoke them. I think – Oklahoma's going to win like 42 to like 17. I, you know, I'm not sold on uh, their coach, the one that came from Louisville. Um, you know, he's, he's an okay coach. He never really like performed that well at Louisville. They had chances. They just kind of like, were whatever there the last couple of years. Um, but uh, you know, I think Oklahoma is scoring at will right now. They played a lot of terrible teams. I mean, Tulsa is definitely a better team than some of the other teams they played, and they smoked them completely. Um, but uh, I think Oklahoma is going to win, like I said, like 42-17. Ian's got it, uh, yeah, 45-17, so we were close there. Okay, uh, huge game in SEC-wise. This game would set up a huge matchup next week with Auburn and Georgia, but – Let's see. It's Auburn, Texas A&M in uh, College Station. I feel like Auburn can win this game. Texas A&M is a little wounded after uh, the loss against Miami. Um, it could be the beginning of the end for Jimbo, maybe. I mean, they – you know, last year was terrible at 5-7. and seven. Do they go 6-6 six and six this year, and does he survive? I would be hard pressed to say that he survives going 
going six and six this year, especially considering that Alabama seems to be weaker than they are in years past. And LSU already has a loss as well. Um, I don't know. Texas A&M, I, uh, I'm not a believer in and won't be until they beat someone worthwhile. And I don't even really think Auburn is that uh, tough of an opponent as well. I think Auburn can get this game just because I think that Texas A&M, I don't know. I just don't, I'm not a believer in Texas A&M. Not that I'm a believer in Auburn either, but I think I am a believer in Hugh Freeze though. Now I'm not a believer maybe of this iteration of his team, but going forward, I think he's got uh, things working for him recruiting wise. And he's obviously proved he's one of the smarter uh, offensive minds in all of college football. So I think Auburn wins this game. I'm going to say like Auburn wins like uh, 27 to like 23. Uh, Ian's got it at 30 to 27 AM. So it's going to be close regardless. Okay. Um, next couple of ones Kentucky, Vanderbilt. I'm just going to do this one real quick. I like Dennis, uh, Dennis Leary, not Dennis Leary, Devin Leary. Sorry, Dennis Leary. That's a comedian. Uh, Devin Leary. I like him a lot. I liked him at NC State. He played well enough to put them in a position to beat Florida State last year. Um, and Vanderbilt has looked decent this year. You know, they've they beat Hawaii and um, they, you know, look, you know, definitely better. You know, last year they've been moving in the right direction. They beat Kentucky last year with Will Levis. Can they beat Kentucky again? It's in Nashville. I don't think they can. I think Kentucky gets this one because I like Leary more. I think he does enough to get the win for them. So I'm going to say like Kentucky wins like uh, 21 to like 17 low scoring game. I don't really like either of these teams scoring a ton of points in this game. Uh, Ian says 20 to 14 Kentucky. So similar. So very similar. Okay. Next couple of games, SMU, TCU. This one's whatever, you know, SMU moving into the ACC next year. TCU was the runner-up in the championship game, kind of been whatever so far this year, uh, especially after that loss to Colorado. I'd say TCU wins this one. I'm not – I haven't seen much out of SMU so far this year. Uh, I'm going to say TCU wins like – say probably like 34 to like 24. Um, and Ian's got it. TCU winning 41-37. Uh, I, I, it could go more high scoring, and, and it might. I just think both of these teams probably struggle here a little bit, but Ian might be more right. I may be wrong on that one because uh, both of those defenses are suspect, especially TCU's giving up that many points they gave to Colorado. Um, okay, big one, Ole Miss, Alabama. Ole Miss really has an opportunity here to take advantage of a weakened Alabama after their loss to Texas and their subpar play against USF last week. I think that Ole Miss will probably perform really well in this game. Um, if Jalen Milrow is the starter, I think they can put up points though for Alabama. And I think it's probably a back and forth game that ends up like a 38-34 and I'm going to go with Alabama. I just, I haven't seen Lane beat, you know, saving yet. And I don't, I'm not a believer until I see it. So, uh, yeah, Bama 38-34. Ian's got it. Ole Miss winning 31-30. So we're close. It's going to be a close game. I uh, 
I just think, I just think uh, Bama's got them. You know, it's in Tuscaloosa, and just Lane hasn't proved it yet. It would be remarkable if he did, and I would feel good for him as far as like getting over that hump. He's still a jerk in some ways, especially when he was at Tennessee. That he was a jerk to Florida. But uh, moving on, uh, this is one of the games that I want to highlight because it's huge for the Pac-12 besides the U.S. UCLA Utah game, but uh, and obviously the notoriety that uh, uh, Coach Prime has gotten um, in Boulder. But Colorado, Oregon, it's in Eugene. Um, I'm just going to say this flat out. I don't have too much analysis on this, and I'm just going to say it. Uh, I could give a lot of analysis, but I'm just, I just want to say it and be quick with it. I think Oregon's going to win. I think Oregon's going to win big. I don't think Colorado has played a team like this as far as uh, overall team, you know, like coaching-wise, everything. Like, you know, Dan Lanning's a good coach. Um, Bo Nix has done remarkably well this year and last. Uh, the offense is humming for Oregon and the defense is strong. I think, I think they put up 44 points and I'm saying like Colorado puts up like 20. So 44, 20 Ian's got it at Oregon winning 35, 29. He thinks it's closer. I don't think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a blowout. That's just what I feel. Okay. Um, BYU, Kansas, just an interesting game because I thought of, you know, Kansas has been kind of, you know, elevated the last year or so, um, especially with Daniels, their quarterback. And BYU is on a hot start right now, and they've got Keaton Slovis. And I have been a big fan of Slovis throughout the years. Um, I didn't talk too much about him last week when uh, we were uh, previewing the uh, Arkansas game. But they beat Arkansas last week, and now have a chance to beat a good Kansas team. You know, this is their – first big 12 game. So we'll see what happens here. I think BYU can win this one. I think overall, they're probably a better team than Kansas. And I think BYU wins probably like, I'd say like 31 to 20. And Ian's got it 31, 27 for BYU. So there you go. Okay. Uh, UTSA, Tennessee, this is Ian's team, the uh, Roadrunners. So can Tennessee recover from that loss against Florida? I think they can. I think UTSA is going to move the ball. I think they're going to score enough points to really, like, scare Tennessee. And I don't think Tennessee fans are really aware of how good UTSA's offense is. I think they're going to be kind of uh, tight buttholes come Saturday. It's, 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 going to, it's going to get tight into the fourth quarter. I still think Tennessee is going to win because UTSA's defense is not that remarkable. But – uh, Milton will probably get back on track here. I'm going to say Tennessee probably wins like uh, 38 to like uh, probably 30. Um, and then Ian's got it 38-20. He thinks Tennessee is going to smoke him. I don't think so. I think I think UTSA is going to be able to move the ball, and that's just what I, I have a feeling. And I'm surprised Ian doesn't have more points from UTSA there. Okay, moving on. Texas Baylor. Interesting game. Baylor already has two losses to Texas State and uh, Utah. Texas undefeated, beating uh, Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Can they continue the winning ways, especially with their uh, their opener in Big 12 play? I think they can. I think Texas wins like, I'm going to say like 32 to like 20. Ian's got it as 35-14, so we're not far off. 
Okay, uh, and that's that is the theme of the show. We usually are pretty similar in our our uh, our picks here. Um, okay, the big game of the day, the game that I've been waiting for all season. Um, this is well, technically USC Notre Dame is the game I've been waiting for, but this game is up there as well. Ohio State Notre Dame in South Bend, huge game for both teams involved. I really think that Ohio State is going to put a scare, but I really like Notre Dame. I've been huge on Sam Hartman. I think that's been the difference all year. It's been the difference that Notre Dame has ever seen. I don't think Notre Dame has ever had a quarterback like this in my lifetime. In my viewing of college football, I've never seen them have that level of quarterback play. And they finally have it. The rest of the team is solid. Uh, the The running back, I can't remember his name, Artemay or Assistme or whatever to say his name. He's a huge guy, like 230, just fast guy, strong guy. He's putting up huge numbers. He had like 175 yards last week. You know, um, they're, they are apt to perform well this year. And it's probably alarming for most people because it's finally to the point where it's not just a media creation where it's like, oh, Every year they hype him up, and they do. And I've always been on the media for hyping up uh, Notre Dame, and it's always been like they don't actually uh, live up to that billing. This year they do. This is the team that is the strongest they have ever had, I think, I've ever seen. They deserve to be there. I think they will beat Ohio State. I think they have a really good shot against USC coming up as well. Um, Notre Dame is the team to look out for. Uh, going forward this year. And I like Notre Dame in this game. I'm going to say Notre Dame. And regardless of how well Ohio State's offense has finally now been uh, uh, putting it together, Ohio State's defense is strong. And I will say that. That may be something to look for in this game, considering that Notre Dame's offense has been moving the ball so well. So maybe that might be the X factor there because um, Ohio State, with Knowles as the defensive coordinator, has been so strong. I think that Notre Dame wins this one, though. I'm going to go with, like, Notre Dame winning, like, 28 and Ohio State 24. It's going to be close, real close. Maybe even Notre Dame scoring a late touchdown to take that lead and holding on at the end, making a stop. That's what I think. And then uh, Ian's got it as uh, Ohio State 27-23. Like I said, me and Ian think very similar along the same lines, a lot of score-wise. So it's not – it obviously is it just seems like that's what it's going to set up it's going to be a good game and i'm excited for this one because it's i don't think we've had a game like this yet um top 10 matchup on in in a home setting we've had uh road settings you know the lsu florida state game that didn't really live up to the billing i think this one is going to okay uh next game uh iowa penn state i'm not really a huge believer in either of these teams Less so Iowa. I think Penn State will probably be able to score a decent amount, probably in like the 28 range. And I don't think Iowa's going to score that much at all. I think Iowa's going to score like 14. So I'm saying 28-14. You know, I don't love Penn State either, though. And I think they're uh, in the long run going to have a couple of losses, especially to Ohio State and Michigan, and maybe even one somewhere else. Uh, But Ian's got it at – uh 24 14 so we're close um 
UCF Kansas State, UCF's big Big 12 matchup, their first game in the Big 12. Congratulations, you know, USF was poised to be in into an invite like that at some point, but kind of last six, seven years really fell off. And, you know, UCF t- took off, you know, they, they kept up the, the mantle and were able to get the invite. Um, I know that USF is not that far off, so I'm not really worried about it. Plus with Alex Golish as head coach for USF, I feel like they're in a good position um, for a long term. And it seems like he's going to stay there which I hope he does because he seems like he really likes it there and he's putting forth a great effort to turn around USF. But talking about UCF here, um, this is a first real test for them all year. Boise State was kind of a whatever game because Boise State is not the same team they were the last couple of years. They got smoked by Washington, and it was still even a close game. I mean, yes, granted, it was in Boise, so that probably was the reason why it was closer than it was. But, uh, no, I – I think UCF's going to get an eye-opener here. Kansas State lost last week um, by a 61-yard field goal at the last second. So I think Kansas State is ready to turn it around. They're poised to defend their title, their Big 12 title from last year. So I think they get this win easily. It's in Manhattan. I'm going to say Kansas State wins like 34-20. to And Ian has it as... K-State 30 to 20. So we're close. Again, always close. We just always are. I'm not even looking at him until I look back over after going down my list and then looking at his list. Uh, Okay, Oregon State, Washington State. The two Pac-12 teams left next year, the the remnants, the leftovers of the Pac-12 going at it. I feel bad for both these guys. One of my good friends in L.A. is a Washington State grad. And it really sucks. It does, because Washington State has been a solid program over the years. You know, they were in the Rose Bowl at least once. I know that one when they played Michigan, when Michigan won the title in 97 with uh, Ryan Leaf. And it sucks to see them struggle so much. You know, when Leach left before he passed, you know, he had them playing teams pretty well. And they've kind of been lost here the last couple of years. Now, Ward for uh, Washington state is a stud and look out for him in the next year or two to really take off. Um, but I don't know what's going to happen with this team and this, the, and Oregon state going forward. It really sucks for their situation going forward. I don't know what's going to happen, um, but uh, regardless, they're going to play each other here and they're both in the top 25 in this game. So I like Oregon state more so because I think team wise, they're a better team. Uh, Ward for Washington State poses a problem for them offensively or defensively. And I like Washington State being able to move the ball and keep pace. I think Oregon State wins this one. I'm going to say like Oregon State wins like 27 to like 22, close one. And uh, Ian's got it as 38-23 Oregon State. He thinks they're going to move the ball well. I I don't love Oregon State's offense, um, but we'll see. Arkansas-LSU, big SEC game. Uh, I think Arkansas can bounce back in this game. It's probably um, a good position for them to be because it's – yes, they have the loss to BYU, but it's a non-conference loss, so they still have a lot to play for. Um, LSU has the non-conference loss as well, so this is actually potentially a really good matchup here for SEC footing going forward. 
um, especially after LSU smoked Mississippi State last week. I think LSU does win this game, but I think Arkansas puts a really good scare into them. I think LSU wins probably like 31 to like, I'd say 25, something like that. And Ian's got it at uh, 34-20. Not too far off. Um, I think Jaden Daniels is going to have a really good game. I don't love Arkansas's uh, defense, and I think that LSU is going to put up some points. And Neighbors is looking like a just a freak out there, putting up huge numbers, especially last week. I think he put up the most yards ever for an LSU receiver, considering the level of NFL talent that has gone through there the last – 10 years at LSU. That is remarkable. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, UNC Pitt. I don't know what to, what to make of this Pitt team. I really don't. Um, the quarterback play is not amazing. Um, they have decent talent on the rest of the team, but I like Drake May. I've, I've liked Drake May all year. I'll continue to like Drake May every game he plays. I think UNC wins this game pretty handily. I'm going to say like UNC wins probably like 38 to probably 24. Um, Ian's got it, UNC 27-14. I think Pitt will score more than that, but maybe their their offense does suck with their quarterback play being as bad as it is, and maybe that will end up being that lower lower of a score. Last one, Cal Washington. Only reason I'm putting this one on there is because of my uh, appreciation for Michael Penix Jr. and should be your appreciation for Michael Penix Jr. because he is a freak. The kid is left-handed. He throws dimes. I mean, it's just he has the best long ball out of anybody in college and probably most of the ones in the NFL. He is a freak, and he's not getting the attention that he deserves. He's put up huge numbers in every game he's played, destroyed Michigan State last week, 474 yards and I believe four touchdowns. Just a phenomenal player that nobody is talking about. We need to be talking about him. I am going to always – Shout out his praises because he is disgusting. And uh, I think Washington wins this one big. I'm going to say like 44 to like 10. Ian's got it at 38-17. So there you go. Okay, last little bit we're going to do real quick. Um, Ian Seisman, he's got Jordan Travis somehow at five. Jaden Daniels, Caleb at three, Sam Hartman, and then Michael Penix. That's not a bad list. I like the top three. Um, maybe not Jaden Daniels, definitely not Jordan Travis. No way. I think I like, I got Caleb number one. I don't think anyone can take him off until he like, unless he gets injured or fails, which I don't think is going to happen. Well, he could get injured. I'm not going to say that, but I don't think he's going to fail. I think he's going to continue to do well every game he plays. So I'm going to have Caleb one. I probably have Penix Jr. Two, then Sam three. Then I would say maybe even Quinn Ewers at four and maybe even um, uh, who else? Uh, Drake May potentially. And then I got uh, Bo Nix there too, which is surprising, but he's done remarkably well the last, last little bit. Um, his playoff teams, he's got USC and FSU on the outside, and then the four are Texas, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia – I got FSU and Washington on the outside, and then I got Texas, Ohio State, Notre Dame, USC right now. So, hey, that's what I got. Um, okay, uh, that's the show. You can reach us at haterradio.com for all of our articles. I'll have one up for the UCLA-Utah game on probably 
uh, Friday, maybe even potentially uh, tomorrow. We'll see. I, I'll see how I feel tomorrow morning. But um, uh, look for us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, under at hater underscore radio for all of that. For YouTube, for the channel, it is hater radio, uh, just that word. You type it in and it should come right up. And that is uh, like, subscribe, comment, everything you can do for us. Just get into the algorithm. Get us out there. We're still new to video, so there's not much content we have. But we're trying to put out more stuff as much as possible we can, especially with these recap and preview videos that we do um, Sunday and Wednesday, which is our show at Sunday and Wednesday at 8 a.m., 8, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, every Sunday and Wednesday. So check that out. And also, um, yeah, that's it. HaterRadio1 at gmail.com. That's our email. Ian socials, I don't remember. So you'll have to, I'll have to ask him next time he's on. But uh, that's the show. Take care, everybody. Enjoy these games. It's going to be a great weekend of college football. And I'm really excited for all this.